the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we're all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business or on my website at Shalom Klein. Um, thanks so much for joining us. I am so thrilled to be joined by Barbara Dart, a principal consultant for the Family Business Consulting Group, um, who together with co-authors have written, Own It, How to Develop a Family Enterprise Owner's Mindset at Every Age. Just came out just a few months ago, and I'm thrilled to, again, be joined by one of the co-authors, Barbara Dart, uh, on Get Down to Business. Barbara, thanks very much for joining us. Glad to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. So family enterprises are among the most common forms of businesses, uh, but are also one of the most complex forms. Um, And I know that because I am a part of a family business. Um, So certainly I've seen uh, those family enterprise sort of transition. And then, of course, family cohesion relationships are at risk. And it definitely uh, creates a lot of challenges, both in the enterprise and on the family side of things. So, Barbara, I always love to get to know the person behind the microphone. How do you become interested in this topic? <laughs> I have a, an odd path. I have a veterinary degree and a master's in ag economics. I began my career working for the university at Michigan State and started consulting with a little firm here in Michigan that was really doing what we thought at that time was management consulting, primarily in agriculture. And my colleague, who is a partner of mine at FBCG now, so Mike and I have worked together over 20 years, found um, a magazine article in the back of a seat pocket on his way home from a client meeting and read something by Craig Aronoff that talked about family business consulting in the family business uh, space and realized that what we were doing was actually family business consulting. It just happened to be an ag. And so when we realized that focus, we pursued the education you can get to really understand family and business together. Um, and that was the journey. So I've been with that little independent firm. I've been with larger organizations, joined the Family Business Consulting Group in 2014 and became an owner in 2019. You know, the work that I've done is not all in ag anymore, but all with family businesses. I happen to work with a lot of sibling partners and cousin groups who own and manage together. And I tend to work with families who have a lot of overlap between the family members who manage the business and the family Mm -hmm. members who own the business. And that's one of the moments when this concept of really clarifying the owner role and preparing for that becomes really apparent because early in businesses, 
when those who own are the same who manage and are the leaders of the family, the overlap of all those roles, it goes unnoticed, but it also makes it a little easier to kind of hit the goals. When you start to have maybe owners, sometimes in the next gen or maybe uh, sometimes um, kind of, you know, um, stereotypically a sister who maybe got stock but didn't go back and work in the business. So she may be an owner but doesn't work there. You have this what we call a non-operating owner. And that's really a paradigm shift to really figure out how can somebody contribute as an owner when they're not there managing every day. And that moment, it, it doesn't really matter in my experience whether you're 700 million or 7 million. Like that moment is a really tough one for people to get their heads wrapped around. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's, it's definitely, uh, you touch on a lot of important things. And it's interesting, um, you talk in your book, again, it's called Own It, How to Develop a Family Enterprise Owner's Mindset at Every Age, uh, creating a culture of accountability. Because often some of the children um, in business uh, have, have a certain, um, uh, call it sense of entitlement, that, you know, they, they're used to sort of walking into the, to the office, walking into that company and just getting whatever they want and, and so on. But then there's that aha moment where they have that, I think you refer to it as ownership literacy and, and that, that sense of stewardship and responsibility. How do you build that, that culture of accountability from, it, from an early age, especially when you're sort of planning on passing the business along? Yeah, I think um, what, one of the challenges is sometimes you don't even realize that you're a family business. So you, the answer to your question is start as early as possible. But a lot of times folks don't even like that isn't part of their vision. They're maybe trying to make sure the business gets off the ground or they're in one of those moments in many family enterprises where it was about survival. We got to make payroll. We got to mortgage the house so that we can get enough operating capital for the business. Like most family businesses I know have gone through a moment like that. And when you're focused on that, this idea of next gen preparation or how you parent and what that ultimately does to impact uh, the stewardship or accountability mindset, like those are the farthest from your mind and probably rightly so. The urgent is more critical to survival, but the er starting early as possible it is really what's helpful. And I, I don't know, I don't think it's in the book, but I've had a colleague tell me a story about, you know, going into the family business with their parent at four or five and, you know, Saturday morning, you're in the office, they weren't on the plant floor and they were playing with the office supplies, right. To stay busy while mom or dad were doing something productive and they closed it up and went to go home and they had a couple highlighters in their hand. The child did. And grandma or mom, I can't remember who was with her, said, you can't take those. Well, but they're in your office. Aren't they yours? No, they belong to the business. You know, so the early balance between what's the businesses, what's ours, how are there differences there? Uh, what kind of responsibility do you have to all these family members, uh, excuse me, employees who have families who work in the business? Uh, you know, the responsibility around employment. So helping folks see those messages, those kinds of boundaries and responsibilities early. Uh, and then the other thing I'd say is the tricky part about that is that's one thing. If it's you and your, your husband or your wife and you've got four or five children, you can like kind of transmit that within your family around your dinner table. When you have a sibling or a couple siblings, you don't know what they're saying at their dinner table. So some of the work here is really having that senior generation spend the time to align around the practices and behaviors they think are important. So we've got some level of consistency across those family units. So when those next gen cousins become partners, they have some similarities or clarity of expectations that were similar across those families. So they come together as partners with some of that, you know, similar foundation. 
Wow. Um, that's, that's great advice. And, uh, you know, this, this book, it's, it's a great read, um, for, uh, for both business owners, but also it really is teaching, uh, as a guidebook, teaching, uh, teaching folks a lot about business and a lot about sort of creating that, that, that cohesion. Um, and again, building that family capital and advancement, which I think there's a lesson for everybody. So I, on that note, I actually want to transition, um, as we, as we come to a conclusion, our conversation, uh, about some hands-on approaches, some homework assignments, if you will, that uh, that you think are practical to anybody listening to get down to business and reading the book, own it, um, on how the at each stage of life we can advance an owner's mindset in general. Yeah, thank you. That's a great question. I'd say two things that are you know maybe more applicable to early on, but I think do apply regardless of the size of the shareholder group or the family. I think the first is what I already mentioned, which is those the, kind of the leading gen as it exists in the business today, making sure that they come together and talk about, oh, are we all here to have this thing continue? Is it is it our like highest intention that the next gens take this over? And if so, how do we help them separate this ownership and management role? And sometimes that's first often with the businesses I work with, even when they're large, is that work of just getting your head around okay, I've been a manager in this business and executive my entire career and I've owned it. How do I start separating those roles? And again, that's often leading gen has to do that work first before they can even start talking about to the next gen. So that's the first thing. Get those owner and manager roles clear to yourself and have the leading generation come together and talk about what is, is it our intention that the next gen own and manage together so that there's alignment, owner alignment around that topic. The second thing I'd say from a real hands-on perspective is, Figure out how to have family meetings. I think family and meeting, like in the same sentence, are a bit of a paradox because family, you know, generally is supposed to be this accepting place where no matter how badly you screw up, if you have the last name or you're part of that group initially, you you are still going to be, you're going to have a home there. And it's informal and it's more um, inclusive and more emotionally based than we think about a business. And so we're taking this, family unit and we're applying this structure and formality that feels really foreign. I think it feels odd. I've told a lot of my families when they start doing family meetings, like, listen, when you, when your next gens tell their friends that they're having a family meeting, people are going to be like, that's weird. You're weird. Like that people don't usually do that. So thinking about how we normalize that, how we bring the generations together and give them a chance to build relationships and awareness of each other. That's the most powerful thing you can do. We can teach a lot as folks get older, but we are going to have trouble um, building those relationships when people Barbara, are. Barbara, let's make sure we could get our listeners over to your book and to your website so people can get in touch with you. What's the best way to, uh, to, to pick up a copy and, uh, and learn more from your team? The book's on Amazon, and the website is thefbcg.com. Fantastic. Uh, Barbara Dart, thanks so much for sharing your expertise here on Get Down to Business. We very much appreciate you and look forward to having you back on real soon. And of course, we'll link through our website as well. We've got to squeeze in a quick break here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm thrilled to be joined by Jeffrey Klubeck, a retired professor of communication author of The Integrity Game, which is evolving into a comprehensive soft skills development company. 
As a world-class coach, Jeffrey has worked with entrepreneurs in high-performance teams in 12 countries over four continents. Um, he's got a lot to share uh, as the author of a uh, book series, which we'll talk all about. Jeffrey, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you for having me. Absolutely. You are, uh, you are a uh, subject matter expert on a number of things relating to business, but in particular, what I'm really, really, really interested in are, are some of the areas that uh, you've talked about in terms of leadership, which is something that everybody that's tuning into this program needs to hear a thing or two about, whether they are a small business owner, a big business owner, or just an employee. Everybody tuning in on Get Down to Business is a leader. So I always love to get to know the person behind the microphone. How do you get started? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I went to San Diego State University. That's, I guess, how I got started. I, you know, my parents they loved each other, but they didn't go to college. You know, I got a lot of love and confidence in that household. But when I stepped into college, that was day one. So I was looking for leaders because I needed leadership in my life. I needed mentors. I needed people that um, could show me the way. I needed people that could see the 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 skills or the talents or the qualities in me that I wasn't necessarily aware of yet. And the beautiful thing about that is uh, I love that feeling that, you know, when somebody's face lights up and they see something in me that I may not know about myself, and then I get curious and then, then I get the chance to prove them right. And that's, that's really exciting. So that happened for me um, several times over at San Diego state university. I got my master's degree there and um, thank you for the introduction, which was kind. I actually have come out of retirement as a professor. I'm back at San Diego state university now <laughs> teaching organi- organizational communication because the book, The Integrity Game that you mentioned got noticed by the dean over there and we got to talk and the next thing I know, they invited me out of retirement to teach organizational communication this semester. So I'm an Aztec through and through and, and um, I learned leadership there and I honed it uh, over mm-hmm. the, the several years in between starting college and then getting back on campus as a professor. That's wild. Um, that's that's incredible. <laughs> Congratulations on coming out of retirement, and um, and that's exciting. So, you know, leadership is a really really interesting thing, um, and it is certainly. I know you've talked a lot about influence, um, mm-hmm. influence, persuasion. Something that again, if you're fortunate to be an employer, um, it's something about gaining that respect because you can't be a leader unless you have followers. But again, leading is also setting an example. So, I'd be curious. You've done a lot in business already, and I know you teach communication. You teach leadership. What are some of the things that you tell some of your students of how they can even at an early age sort of develop the reputation that they want people to know them by? Wow. Well, it's an inside, every job is an inside job, right? And then that's what the integrity game is trying to do first and foremost is you can't look outside to the world for who you, what your identity is necessarily. You, you have to spend some time looking within. The Integrity Game introduces 10 questions that are as easy to understand as they are difficult to answer. Questions like, what's the meaning of life or what's the meaning of my life? What are my gifts? In other words, how do I differentiate? Uh, am I optimizing my gifts or running from them? Am I open to receiving gifts from others or am I too prideful in a, in a foolish way? Am I, et cetera. And then we can go on down the line, potential goals, strategies, word and commitment, et cetera. But I really, I really start with getting people to get comfortable in their own skin and set an intentional learning path. If they can get those things taken care of, uh, if, if, if everybody has answers to their integrity game questions, it's okay if their answers change tomorrow, but every day without answers might be a day without integrity. So um, every job is an inside job. And, and I want, people to get engaged in whatever it is they're pursuing. And, and it's going to be hard to do that if they don't know themselves. 
So the integrity game is I'm trying to flip the script from let's accuse others of not having integrity to let's look within to increase our own. Again, I'm chatting with Jeff Klubeck, uh, an effective communicator, an effective leader, uh, teaches these topics, came out of retirement to continue inspiring the next generation of business, which is great. So, you know, for certainly I'll stick on that theme of young students, future entrepreneurs, future leaders, yeah. and so on. What are some of the things that they can do from day one as it relates to their job search? When they come out and they are looking to, uh, to, to influence and sort of stand out from everybody else. I know you've talked to a lot of hiring managers, but let's talk about from the employee perspective. What are some things that they can do to, to teach others and set impressions? Uh, wow. Well, um, having direction and focus. I, I think, you know, one of the things that it's interesting, maybe different in other majors, right? But for communication, a lot of times um, in communication majors, they'll finish their communication degree wondering, well, what kind of job do I get with a communication degree? And I wonder if other, I don't know if other majors ask in that question as, 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 as frequently as a communication major. So what I'm trying to teach my students right now is what job do you want? You get Go get the job you want and then know that your communication skills are going to help you get the job and exceed in that and succeed in that job. So it, it, it comes to, you know, I'm trying to teach them about the functional accountabilities of an organization. What functional accountability do you see yourself performing? Do you see yourself in operations? Do you see yourself in customer service? Do you see yourself in sales and marketing, in market research or market messaging? So that's what I'm trying to help my students right now, this semester anyway, visualize you know, who, who am I? What do I want to do on a day-to-day basis? And I have to know that my degree and my communication skills will help me exceed or will be end up being competitive advantages in that regard. The other thing that we're talking about, because the, the opportunity I got at San Diego State to teach OrgCom, organizational communication, included the academic freedom to make my book, The Integrity Game, required reading to supplement the academic textbook. So I'm asking my students, instead of what is good organizational communication, I'm asking them to ask the question, what counts as organizational integrity? How do we know if an organization has or doesn't have integrity, which is a trick question. All organizations have some and all organizations need more. And that's true for teams and people as well. So I'm really, really focusing on this concept of integrity. And most people have a misunderstanding of it. So that's what the integrity game is trying to to do is help people understand that integrity is the integration of two or more things. And most people think it's be your word or do the right thing when nobody's watching. And those are good starts, but there's eight other <laughs> eight other points on the model that I think are really important for us. And so if we can start to see the world through, are these things together or are they not together? Is this integrated or is this disintegrating? You know, am I, is this job integrating with my meaning of life or what my purpose is or do my gifts, do my competitive advantages integrate with the needs in this position or this organization? So I'm, I'm trying to help people put integrity as one of the filter in the lenses that they see their career path through. That's wild. That's, Again, Jeffrey yeah. Klubeck, um, and who has developed the Integrity Game, um, which is uh, both a fantastic uh, sort of read, um, but really uh, teaching soft skills uh, in, in both uh, small micro businesses, solopreneurs, productivity, accountability, and I know you've highlighted several times that integrity piece, uh, which mm-hmm. is important. Uh, the author of the Get a Clue in 52 Soft Skills book series. So, 
soft skills, I love to leave our listeners with a homework assignment, something that they can do to set them up for success. We're still only in February right now. What are some of the soft skills, professional development that you'd like every single business owner tuning in to focus in and maybe continue setting New Year's resolutions on? Well, I'm a big fan of public speaking and presentation skills. I mean, I have a corporate training library of over 125 different complete soft skill trainings, things like appreciative inquiry or be a likable boss or managing others or uh, in presentation skills or conflict management or customer service or uh, business development, soft skills. So I, I always like to say soft skills for strong leaders, soft skills for strong teams, soft skills for strong organizations. So if people are willing to, you know, again, back to the integrity, most people are blaming others for being out of integrity, but if we just set our own intentional learning path, I would encourage everybody to come up with three, four, or 12, right? What's, what's your annual learning path? What are the soft skills that you need to acquire? I'm a big fan of public speaking. If you're not able to organize your thoughts and presenta- present your ideas, that's going to be a big barrier. I don't know if there's any better way to grow your business or advance your career than being able to organize your thoughts and present your ideas in logical persuasive ways. So I'm a big fan of public speaking and presentation skills, but I'm also a fan of engagement. How do we get people engaged in what they're doing, ourselves included? Uh, Motivation, of course, what are the external strategies and how do we get ourselves out of our own way? How do we intervene in our negative thinking, patterns, habits, emotional addictions? But if there's only one, if there's only one, it's accountability. Jeff, we're going to have to leave it there because one of the best ways that we can have uh, folks engage is engage with you directly, pick up a copy of all of the amazing things that you're doing. Jeff, how can we get in contact? I'm easy to find. Just type in Jeff Klubeck. You can find me on social media, on LinkedIn. Uh, that's that's really the best way. Look me up on LinkedIn and send me a message. I still, I, I'm growing, of course. Things are getting exciting, but I still answer my own messages. And I would love to hear from any of your listeners and create a dialogue. I got the one and only Jeffrey Flubeck. Thank you so much for sharing um, your expertise with our listeners. Quick break here on the show. All that small business jobs and entrepreneurs. We'll be right back. You are listening to all that small business jobs and entrepreneurs. I am super. Super excited because I'm rejoined by my first and foremost friends, but returning guest, Justin Breen um, from Brepic Communications. Um, but also, believe it or not, he's got a Brepic life, and that's what we're going to talk all about. <laughs> Justin, welcome to the program. I always love talking to you, and uh, thank you for serving our country. I uh, really appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thanks for the support. So, we were just talking offline that uh, I've had you on many times on the program, and you are. Uh, honestly, one of the uh, the best friends of this show. You always bring and talk to amazing people. Um, and so I am excited because you have another book that's out. And it's actually been out for a little while, so it's long overdue to have this conversation. But what what did you have to add beyond um, Brepic Business? That uh, and what's 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 in this newest book, and what's the latest and greatest in your life? Well, I really appreciate that. Um... So most of my day is talking to the world's top entrepreneurs, top visionaries, uh, and then simplifying it into patterns. And so the new book, Epic Life, uh, and very grateful that Peter, Dr. Peter Diamandis wrote the forward. He's one of the top entrepreneurs in the world, and it just hit Wall Street Journal bestseller and USA Today bestseller, and it was um, 
number one overall seller on uh, Amazon Kindle for a while. I'm very grateful for all that. But it's about how to build collaborative global companies while putting your loved ones first. So I talk to visionaries all day, every day. And uh, I talk to one to two of them every single week that have let entrepreneur life destroy their family life or prevented them from anything meaningful. So the book is about how to build collaborative global companies while putting your loved ones first. That's incredible. That's that's awesome. And so uh, it, it's actually interesting. Earlier on in the program, we actually had a conversation about uh, family business. And I've never asked you this question. You and I have talked uh, a lot, uh, you know, off off the air. But I'm curious. You've got two amazing boys, and I love watching all the updates from your family. But <laughs> I, I, from what I can see, they they have dreams and aspirations. I think one of them like wants to join the army. So that's 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 amazing, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but and each, what do you see, you know, what do they see in your business? What do they see? Is, is there any potential that Brepic business becomes a family business? Well, one, I appreciate you asking that. Um, you know, my brain simplifies into patterns and by far the greatest gift of entrepreneur life um, by far is that uh, our, our sons, Jake and Chase, who are 10 and eight get to see that this world even exists and then they can do whatever they want with it. So I mean, this is not business owner life. This is not consultant life. This is not human employee life. This is full visionary, global thinking, entrepreneur life. And um, most children have no idea this world even exists. So whatever they do with it is fine with me. Um, but I know they have a great foundation to see a world that most of society never sees or never even thinks about. That's uh, that's inspiring, and I know they could look at that and uh, and and watch how you have uh, had the right balance uh, between rapid communications and then, um, but also just being a great father and, and a great American, great person, which is which is important. And I know that's a lot of what you talk about. And something that I've admired um, that uh, that you do frequently is is again doing some real, uh, true uh, connecting uh, with amazing people and. It inspires you. I see that um, because I've watched you transition from a uh, from a job to a right. uh, to passion, um, and that's that's amazing. So one of the things that I always love to leave our listeners with is a homework assignment, something that they can do, something that they can put in practice in the week ahead. And since this is still, as my uh, as my uh, parents would say, it's still New Year's ish, so it's still <laughs> time that people can set some resolutions and and make commitments. Um, to make a change and do something positive, whether it's in their personal life or their professional life. Justin Breen, what would you recommend to our listeners um, that they consider? Well, there's a, um, a great chapter in the book um, called Winning the Wrong Game. And it's a simple question uh, that anyone can ask. But again, most of my days talking to the world's top visionaries. So what game are you actually winning? Are you winning the revenue game? Are you winning the employee count game, uh, that type of game? Or are you winning, hey, I get to see my family whenever I want to and my life has provided a lot of meaning? So that's a question that anyone can ask and especially a visionary who's thinking at, at the highest global level. Amazing. Well, one of the most important homework assignments that I'm going to leave our listeners with uh, is to get in touch with you. I know you're very accessible through LinkedIn um, and also your website. You respond to, uh, you respond to everything. Um, so how can we get in touch with you and pick up a copy of your book? Uh, thank you. Yeah, uh, the book's called Epic Life. It's all over the world. Um, and then Justin Breen on LinkedIn. I'm very grateful to be on your show again, Shalom. 
Actually, Justin, appreciate all that you do. And, and I, again, I cannot encourage our listeners um, strongly enough to check out Epic Life, uh, check out Rapid Communications, check out the, uh, the man, Justin Breen. You will find that there's uh, as much about his business as there is about, uh, I, I always admire uh, the story of you and uh, your lovely bride, Sarah, and uh, the uh, the date nights and all that. And some, some of you, guaranteed, if you look at Justin Breen, you will walk away smiling. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. I'm going to tell my wife you said that, Sean. <laughs> absolutely absolutely I, I can't wait to catch up some more justin Brin, thanks so much for sharing your expertise with all of us we still have a great lineup in store for you and of course a great lineup each and every week on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship entrepreneurship check out my website shalomplan.com check out this show on your favorite podcast app uh don't touch that dial chicago we'll be right back on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship don't touch that dial Inspired her to follow her biggest dreams. These dreams grew inside her until, as a young woman, she was on the brink of leaving her home in Mexico to move to the United States. We're going to talk all about it. Um, but I know America Lies is an expert on everything diversity, equity, and inclusion. Welcome to the program. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Hi, Shalom. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm a talent acquisition and diversity, equity, and inclusion leader, and I work to create um, talent strategies to attract uh, hire and uh, retain people out there, especially in this environment nowadays. I also am a community leader, uh, and I work with different organizations in the Hispanic community to create programs to to improve the, the community across the board, different issues, um, you know, economic issues, society um workplace culture, um, et cetera. That's amazing. Fantastic. Well, congratulations on all of that. So you are in the field of human resources and recruiting. How do you make that transition? How do you get involved? And what, what are you seeing as some of the challenges that companies are facing now, believe it or not, in 2023 in this world of recruiting? It seems really, really challenging. It, it is. It is. Um, well, I started off in recruiting you know, many years ago when I was a leader with the Hispanic organization Prospanica, which is, um, which mission was to serve the Hispanic community, especially the business professionals. And I was already partnering up with different organizations throughout the city and the country, and also partnering with our uh, companies that wanted to work with us. And so the transition to HR and recruiting was seamless. It was a great fit, and I, I, I loved it from the beginning. Um, some of the challenges that I see, um, it, again, going back to the racial injustice issues going on, you know, still happening today, unfortunately, um, is that it's uh, uh, people want to really see companies that are dealing with or addressing those issues. Uh, they no longer want to be just with the company for, you know, position, whatever position or or status that they may have, but 
nowadays people really have uh, people are interested in in joining those companies that have a purpose and helping the community in helping the the you know the the workplace helping the students helping to launch programs that are going to upskill the the workforce out there um with so many you know skill sets changing nowadays uh, america I've, i've heard that you were just featured in a new book called today's inspired leader um so you know you are certainly a leader your story is very very inspirational and i know you are paying it forward by inspiring others what are some of the, your thoughts about leadership that you can share with our listeners Yes, well, for me, it, it really came to through my family. My parents were uh, educators and artists and poets. My dad is a poet uh, and has published poetry books. And they were always very active in, and then in the, with, with the community uh, and with different endeavors, different uh, pursuits. They, I saw that, you know, early on, and then later I was also driven by my own personal interest in doing new things, new things and traveling and going to a different uh, country with a different language and experience the, experience the culture. And that really, I had to apply myself to learn, uh, you know, uh, to navigate all those different uh, cultures and, and new places and language and and finding out, uh, you know, throughout that journey, finding out what I wanted to do, what I wanted to focus on and, and, and really uh, pursuing that and really learning, apply, applying myself, learning, pursuing what I wanted to do and, and, and networking, especially when I came to Chicago, um, a new city. You just said a really important word. Um, you just said a really important word about networking. And I know that not only has the networking really helped you, but right now you are really helping a lot of folks in the uh, Latinx community see networking as a successful tool. So why do you feel that networking is so important, especially um, for, for minority communities? Um, and how have you been able to do that both in person and remotely? Yes, I fi- I figure out early on, especially when I moved to the city, that I had to connect with the right people in the right in, uh, in places, right environments. Say, you know, at work or in the community. Uh, and I made sure to reach out to different folks out there. Um, I asked uh, friends, you know, to introduce me to some companies or other folks that would uh, give me more uh, of a, well, sorry about that. I asked for referrals. I, I asked for introductions until they gave me some meetings and I started to get to know the people. They started to learn about me. And that's what I often encourage people to do, especially, you know, the Latinx folks that may be shy about networking. That's, that's inspiring. Uh, again, I'm chatting with America Baez, who was recently featured in a new book called Today's Inspired Leader, Volume 4. Uh, the series captures the story of local, regional, national, and international male and female authors from different fields sharing their wisdom, knowledge, and positive, encouraging, and personal interpretations of leadership. And that's exactly what we've been hearing. Um, I want to squeeze in a very quick break, but when we come back, 
I want to talk about some of your efforts in the world of diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI, and how you are helping companies develop these groups. I know we've already touched on the HR piece. We've got a lot more to share here on the show. Let's small business jobs and entrepreneurs. We'll be right back. So, Kevin America buys a truly inspiring Chicago author, DEI expert, um, who is, uh, again, based in Chicago and is super, super involved in leadership in the Latina talent, attraction, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and also a career coach at that. Wow, that's a lot of hats. So, America, we've been chatting just before the break. We've been chatting about your role in HR recruiting. We've been chatting about your role in leadership in the Latinx community. But let's talk about DEI. How do you help companies create DEI groups and develop strategies to attract talent? Yes, I work with the companies to assess what they're doing, uh, you know, with their uh, recruiting practices and whether they are actually, uh, you know, inclusive. What they are uh, posting out there, um, is it is it inclusive or is it deterring people from applying to positions? Um, nowadays, even some companies are um, posting uh, notes there on their job descriptions, uh, encouraging people to apply, even if they don't feel that they have, you know, all the qualifications. And I see that as a good uh, as a good thing starting to happening and to happen, and that's how I help the companies. That's. Amazing and inspiring. So I always love to leave our listeners with a takeaway. And if you were to have 30 seconds to tell somebody why diversity, equity, and inclusion is important to have in their company, big or small, what would you tell? Companies have to create um, an inclusive space, especially in the current uh, environment out there. People want to feel that they are working for a company that has a mission and that they support the community and that they hear, they hear their employees. And the, they want to work for companies that are more uh, or that adapt to the new uh, changes going on or the new things going on in the society. And, and they have to be more open to, the companies have to be more open to introducing new practices and programs to attract higher entertained employees. Amazing. Well, I've certainly learned a lot from our conversation with you. Um, we've talked about a lot of different areas. We've talked about your own story. We've talked about uh, your role in human resources, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And of course, the very practical tips about networking, specifically in minority communities, which is great. And the book is called Today's Inspired Leader, and it's volume four. And you certainly have inspired so many folks, and I'm glad that you're continuing to pay it forward. How can we get in touch with you and uh, learn more about your important work in Chicago and beyond? Well, I am on, on LinkedIn. They can reach out to me on, on through LinkedIn or also uh, through my website, americabuys.com. Fantastic. americabuys.com. And we'll link to you through our show notes as well which, of course, are available on my website, shalomcline.com, or on your favorite podcast app. America Vice, thank you so much for all you do. I look forward to having you back on real soon. Have a great thank weekend. You,
Absolutely. Well, again, that's a wrap. So a great conversation with so many amazing, amazing thought leaders, entrepreneurs, amazing folks, including Barbara Dart, uh, where we talked uh, all about uh, this show has really been all about leadership. We've checked, we've chatted with Jeffrey Klubeck, uh, J- uh, Justin Breen. We've talked with the amazing America Bias. What a great lineup. You don't want to miss another episode. So be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share. Um, so you don't miss an episode of the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Be sure to, be sure to check our sponsors, Tom Mirabali from healthplanchicago.com for all of your health insurance needs. But again, all of these episodes available on your favorite podcast app or on my website, shalomkline.com. But again, take time uh, before you uh, step into the office tomorrow morning to uh, set some goals, set some priorities, and make sure you show some appreciation to all those amazing people that have helped you get to where you are at. But that's a wrap for us here this week on Get Down to Business. We'll be back next Sunday on AM560, The Answer, or on your favorite podcast app. To success, let's get down to business. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.